0: Welcome to this podcast, From Mess to Miracle. Christianity plays a huge role in the fabric of our lives. To be honest, life is messy. Yet in the midst of the mess, God still uses us. The fact that God does is a miracle. This podcast is designed to inspire you in your walk with God and connect you with people and ministries that could be a blessing in your life. You will hear inspiring stories of believers exercising their faith to create miracles in their community. Welcome to From Mess to Miracle. My guest today is Kimona Francis. Kimona is a young, vibrant, and inspirational leader who considers herself a child of the king. She has a passion for the helping profession, in which she possesses a bachelor's of arts in psychology from the International University of Caribbean and a master of science in counseling and social work from Micro University College. She's a guidance counselor by profession, a conference and webinar host, as a member of the Jamaican Association of Guidance Counselors in Education. She's also an award-winning author of the book, Where Shame Ends, Grace Begins, Chronicles from the Redeemed. She's a catalyst for women who struggle and are struggling with shame and rejection, and has been featured on several platforms in England, the United States, Barbados, and Jamaica. She lives by the verse, All things work together for good for them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose, and credits her achievements to the divine purpose and favor of our Lord Jesus Christ. We welcome Kimona to the show.
1: Riverside.
0: Well, it's so good to have you on the show today. How are you doing today?
1: Hi, I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. Good day to your listeners.
0: Yeah, good day to you. Give me the best advice you've ever received.
1: Ah, uh, the best advice I have ever received: man's perception is not God's identity. Some persons may see you in a particular position, may meet you in a particular situation and thinking that this is your identity, thinking that this is who you are. But my friend shared with me some time ago that Kimon, man's perception of you, what, man, what they have to say, what they have to think about you, that is not your identity. That is not who God has caused you to be. And as a result of that, I had to activate the mindset, the that understanding that God's identity for me is bigger than my current situation.
0: Oh, I love that. Who gave you that advice?
1: That was my dear friend, Reverend Dr. Andrew Henry, oh, okay. who was there for me during my time.
0: Wow, that's so cool. So for the audience meeting for the first time, tell us something about yourself that most people don't know.
1: Ah, most people don't know that I am a hairstylist. I am good with my hands. I can cornrow, I can braid. I can do the latest styles. But it depends on my mood and how I am feeling. But yes, most of the time, the hairstyles that I wear, that my family wear, that my friends wear, I am the one who actually comb the hair.
0: That's so impressive because I've seen some of those intricate details there. That's kind of hard to do. Yes, yes. It must take a while. Till you got to plan out your whole afternoon to do that.
1: Yes, that's exactly. And that's why I say, you know, when I'm in the mood, when I'm in the mood, because it can take a while.
0: Yes, it can. I, I, I've seen it done on television. I've never tried it myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes.
0: So who are some of the people that were important influences in your life, maybe mentors or people who just inspired you on your journey?
1: I have two particular mentors that I am grateful for them. I mean, through them I have learned about divine connections and I believe that these two individuals are my divine connections you know they have helped me to propel to propel me on my journey so that my dreams can become a reality and those two are the Dr. Reverend Andrew Henry and Pastor Alaric Douglas. They have been there with me through the thick and the thing. I mean, they are the persons who have been fanning the fire so that my fire does not go out. You know, the Bible speaks about Aaron and her who held up Moses' hand, and these are my Aaron and my
0: Oh, that's so neat. You always need to have those people in your life who come alongside you and are, are a source of encouragement for you.
1: Yes, yes, I am grateful for them.
0: So I'm always curious to know, especially with authors, about their personal journey. Tell me about your personal story.
1: Sure. So in 2019, I made an announcement to my church community that I was getting married, that I'm engaged to my best friend. However, my best friend was an unsaved. And as a result of that, I was relieved of my position and told that I could not testify in the church. Now, this is a church community that I have served for over seven years, and I have held positions within the church. And it, it it placed me in a state of shock because I did not see this coming. And, you know, I started to question God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? Why are you doing this to me? I have been faithful to you. I have been paying my tithes, my offering, honoring you, as the word saying, why are you allowing this to happen to me? But I can recall in January of 2021, I woke up reciting Isaiah 41, verses 18 to 20. I did not know where in the Bible it was found. So I went online and I found the words and I printed the words and I posted them within my room. I will open rivers in dry places. I will plant a tree in the midst of the wilderness. And I believed God for those words. I don't know what his intentions were, but those were the words that I woke up reciting. And I believed those words for the new year. A couple months, couple months after... I was in church and the Holy Spirit ministered to me, no right, no right. My people are hurting, no right. So the inspiration was Isaiah 41, verses 18 to 20, and the command was no right. I got myself together and I started writing the manuscript for my book, In October of the said year, my book was released. Pastor, the feedback has been wonderful. I've heard persons say how they have read my book. One student shared with me that after reading my book, her mother decided that she was going to go back to church. She went to church that night, and she went to the altar, and they prayed for her. She has been carrying around the book with her, so as a reminder, another sister shared with me how she had experienced a shameful situation, and after reading my book, she decided that regardless of the fact that she she got pregnant in church, she is still going to pursue her relationship with Christ. So so, so it had allowed me to receive some intricate details as it relates to persons who have indeed experienced shame, who have indeed um, gone into some hurtful situations. But based on the, the, the fact that the book has challenged them, the book has empowered them, they have decided to return to the fold. In April of the following year, My book was awarded second place in the top women's empowerment category of the Kingdom Indie Authors Award. I have been in dialogue with persons. On social media, a coach reached out to me from Atlanta to say that she has heard about the book and that she liked the book and she purchased two for her book clubs. And during an interview here in Jamaica, uh, an individual who is the creator for A Totally Well Women's Club reached out to me and asked me to come and to be, you know, to serve as counselor, have group sessions for some of our girls, some of our women who are also hurting. So my decision challenged me, Rev. It challenged me mentally, physically, and spiritually. But at the end of the day, I have seen God's promise where he said that he would have opened and that he would have planted a tree in the wilderness and he would have made the wilderness a stream of water. I am now living in the fulfillment of that promise that God has made on my life simply by me being obedient to his instruction, to his command. No, right, my people are hurting.
0: Wow. And the name of your book is Where Shame Ends, Grace Begins, Chronicles from the Redeemed, for those who are wondering. Yes. you know that word shame, the emotion shame can be a very crippling spiritual journey yes. for most people. Um, kind of yes. talk a little bit about what that emotional state of shame can do for people can do to people. Yes, because.
1: When we are within that particular emotional state, we are engulfed with our emotions, so we are not thinking straight. We act without thinking, without looking at the rippling effect, without looking at what would happen, because we are so engulfed in what is happening to us. But when we come to the reality after the fact, and we are now seeing what it is that we have done, it cripples you. It makes you want to hide. When Adam and Eve realized that they had sinned against God, they got leaves and they sewed the leaves together and they were hiding from God when the presence of God came down in the cool of the day walking through the garden. They hid themselves away from that. So shame cripples you after the fact, after you have come to the realization of what it is that you have done. So while you are in the act, Or while you are presented with the situation, they are not thinking clearly because they are so engulfed with the emotion. And as a result of that, our thought processes become distorted. But after the act has been committed and we are now coming to a realization of what it is that we have done, then yes, it can leave one into a crippling state.
0: What's interesting to me is that different cultures have different trigger points, um, yeah. I think yeah. in America, it's not as much shame for many people as it is guilt. But in some other countries, shame is a huge part of the, the emotion that cripples so many people. Like if you look in the Bible, and you just mentioned some examples like with, with Adam and Eve in the garden. But if you look back, even at the, in the New Testament a lot, the one thing that the Jewish people feared most was this idea of shame. The, yeah. the story of the lepers. The reason that they were uh, upset about being put into a separate community was that disease brought shame on not only them, but their family and shame separated them from community. If you look at the yeah. story of the woman who went, woman at the well, she did not go to the well mm-hmm. at noon because of guilt. She went there because of shame. Mm-hmm. People in the community knew about yeah. her lifestyle, knew about her five yeah. husbands, knew that she was a woman of questionable reputation And so shame drove her to to isolate herself from everybody else. So I'm just curious, in in the Jamaican culture, how big a role does shame play in your upbringing, in your culture?
1: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: And now a word from one of our sponsors, For Freedom Mobile. If you're using AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, then you're being tracked. Mobile providers collect your location, communications, internet, internet activity, even your financial transaction. They sell that data to anyone willing to pay for it and provide it to the government without a warrant. Switch to 4 free mobile and you won't ever have to worry about Big Tech or Big Brother tracking you through your mobile phone again. 4 freedom mobile provides secure, unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data for just $29.99 a month, and it includes free internet roaming in over 200 countries. Sign up for the service by visiting forfreedomobile.com and using the promo code BRIDGEBUILDERS to get your first month for only $9.99. See com for details, just like the number four, freedommobile.com.
1: Well, for some persons who have experienced shame, some persons tend to revert to a state where they allow the shame to become their identity. Whereas other persons who, by virtue of their support system, as well as by virtue of their tenacity, you know, their resilience, they are able to overcome the shameful things. So persons especially mental health for one. Persons who may be struggling with mental health. You know, other persons on the outside looking in. They may look down on them, may look down on their family also. And so it's a big thing here in Jamaica where nobody wants to talk out to say that I am struggling with something because of the stigma and the shame that is attached to it. They don't the person who is suffering don't want to come out to say that I am struggling with this particular thing. So it's it it's a very crippling situation that a number of persons are experiencing, but thankfully with support and with resilience, they can overcome. Mm.
0: So your, your book is Where Shame Ends and Grace Begins. So in your story, how did you move from the crippling emotion of shame to the affirming state of grace in your life
1: my two mentors dr reverend andrew henry and pastor Alric douglas reverend andrew henry was my is my friend my friend and colleague in addition to that we have had sessions where, you know, I was able to say, to share with him, to express with him some of the difficulties and the challenges that I have having. And he has been there for me. He has been there for me, you know. He was the one who shared with me to say, Kimone, man's perception of you is not your identity. So they may have put you down. They may have taken away, you know, this Positions and they may have told you that you're not supposed to be testifying, but that is not your identity. You still have to believe God for who he is and for what he can do. For Pastor Albert Douglas now, when I joined his sessions, it was like spiritual therapy for me because I was wounded on the inside. Wounded on the inside with the realization that these persons who I have followed with over the years have done, could have done something like this. But with Pastor Alrick Douglas, when I joined his sessions, they were like spiritual therapy, helping me to realize, helping me to understand, you know, that for you, hu- that as human beings, it is, you know, human beings we err from time to time, but God has different plans, different purpose for our lives. And I, I too, had to challenge myself, had to challenge myself to listen to, you know, podcasts and to recordings that would have helped me, my frame of mind, my mentality, you know, to fix my eyes upon Jesus. Because I tell you, Pastor, even though I was going through my ordeal, I still went to church every Sunday within the same building. I still lift my hand every Sunday within the said building, and I worshipped my way through. I mean, persons were looking at me, and they were saying, how is it that she's worshipping? Why is it that she is happy? But there is something down on the inside of me that was telling me to go on, telling me to press my way through. Because the, the, the building at the time, the community at the time, was not my only source was not my only source. I was receiving spiritual support. I was being watered. I was being prayed for. My faith was being activated by those two gentlemen.
0: So you wrote this book to not only tell your story, but also help other. I see you especially work a lot with women. So what do you hope the yes. readers who read this book take away from your journey, your chronicles?
1: Readers who read my book will have an improved self-esteem, reinforce their identity in Christ, because they may think that, oh, because I have sinned or because I have done something God does not want anything from me, but that is a lie. So the book challenges the reader to reinforce his or her identity in Christ, to improve confidence in God, improve self-esteem, as well as to bring healing for the soul. The book serves as an empowerment tool, challenging readers to develop resilience and fortitude, shunning the version of themselves that the devil tells them that they are. In favor of claiming, receiving, believing, and walking in authority in accordance with the word of God. Yesterday's mistake is not today's identity. So the book has eight chapters. It also has a reflection section and nuggets of empowerment at the end of each chapter.
0: That sounds like a good layout to get people to p- focus back on on God's grace again.
1: Yes
0: so you one of your verses that you said is kind of the verse you live by is one of my favorites romans eight twenty eight All things work together for good for them that love God, to them who are called according yes. to his purpose. How does that help shape how you live your life every day?
1: Everything I have gone through, I have no regrets in my life. The good, the bad and the ugly, I have seen where everything has worked together for my good. Just like Daniel when he was in the lions and or should I say David? When David was out there and the lions came, and you know, while he was looking after the sheep, the lions came and he destroyed the lion with his bare And so that prepared him. That was his David's training ground to prepare him to face the Goliath that was coming. And so, similarly, with my life, all the trials that I have gone through helped me to become the woman that I am today, shaped me mentally to become. Who I am today. And as the common saying goes, if I never had any problem, I never know God could solve them. So my faith has been increased. I am a better person today because of the struggles that I have gone through. Throughout my life, the good, the bad, they have all worked together for my good. I either learn, I grow, I become and so I am grateful for it all. I have no regrets. All things have worked together for my good.
0: I love it. So, what do you, so you got this book done. Are you working on some other projects right now?
1: Yes. Well, uh, I recently, last month, released an ebook on 10 Powerful Ways to Overcome Shame and Rejection so that ebook can help persons to move from despair to hope can help to challenge them to become better as well as increase their confidence and self-worth because i recall when peter had denied christ peter felt bad in himself he wanted, he wanted to run. He wanted to hide. When he heard the crow, the cock crow, crow three times, and he remembered what Christ had said to him, that he would have denied him. And Peter stood up and he said, no, I would not deny you. But when Peter was caught in zip position, and Peter felt bad within himself, and he thought that, you know, he had done a bad thing and that Christ would not have anything to do with him. But I recall when he rose from the dead, he said to Mary, go call the other disciples and Peter and the one who betrayed him and the one who said, who denied him and the one who would have committed, who would have done something that is bad. So, ten powerful ways to overcome shame and rejection is to help persons move from despair to hope, and that's Starts by being honest and identifying and acknowledging that you have done something wrong. Ch- it challenges the readers to become better. Increases their confidence and self-worth. I am currently working on a manuscript for my second book, Recovering My Ring and My Robe. This is a recommitment journal for persons who have, you know, gone away from the fold but have decided that they want to return. So it's self-examination, introspection, and finding their way back to the identity that Christ has called them to be.
0: So when I hear the term rings and robes, my first thought is you're writing about the prodigal son.
1: Yes, (laughs) the prodigal son. Right.
0: That's so neat. So I'm curious, as you're writing all this and you're making all this impact, What do you want your legacy to be?
1: I want my legacy to be to empower the woman. I want to be known as a woman who empowers a woman to overcome shame and rejection, to help them to move from a place of despair to a place of hope, empowering them to know that there is no infirmity that is greater than God's grace. My presentations have been on God's redemptive power to save, to bring us back, and to have us walk in his marvelous light.
0: I love that. So is there anything I haven't asked you that I should have asked you?
1: Well, I am currently on social media. I am on Instagram as well as Facebook. My kimon is spelled K-E-M-O-N-E, Francis. So my kimon K-E-M-O-N-E, Francis. It can be found on Facebook as well as Instagram.
0: And where can I buy your book?
1: My book is on Amazon in Kindle and paperback format. So you can just run on over to Amazon and make your purchases in, in Kindle as well as paperback format.
0: Well, blessings, Kimona, what you're doing, because what you're doing is so vital, especially in the day where we get crippled by our mistakes of the past and, and the shame can cripple us. So may people find this book and be encouraged by it and get pointed back to our Savior, who reminds us, like Peter heard, that there is forgiveness for our failures, and, there is, and we live in the, in the grace and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, quite so. Well, thank you again for being on the episode. We'll look forward to having more books from you we can talk about those when those come out.
1: Certainly. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us this week on From Mess to Miracle. Make sure you visit our website, at hhtps from mess to miracle, dot You can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts so you never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would appreciate a rating on iTunes. If you simply like to tell a friend about the show, you will help us get the message out to bless more people. If you like this show, you might want similar content. Can follow my blog at www.alightbreakthrough.org. Be sure to tune in two weeks from now for our next episode. Just remember out of our messiness, God makes miracles.